Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we're going to rip open that mailbag. We're going to dive in like it's a Nickelodeon show from the 90s. We're going to get slime all over our bodies and answer your best just as the season finished questions right now here on The Glue Guys. We're going to dive in like a surgeon going into the lower lumbar region of (laughs) Ben's. It's bad. Anyways, fire it up. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike Air. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. Nutsdaily.com. The Athletic. Get yourself by the paywall. Theathletic.com slash Glue Guys. YouTube. Subscribe. Smash it. A thousand plus subscribers. Can we say Hammerjack it? Hammerjack that subscribe Hammerjack button? Hammerjack that ass. And, uh, and we're the... monetized homies. Wow. We did it. And, and the like. We're basically TikToks influences. Sm- we are. Uh. Subsidiary of the New York Times, uh, Brian. Megal. Pina coladas are back. How are you doing, my friend? I've been on a bender, man. I've been on a complete bender. Um, I've been ignoring my <laughs> my life, my responsibilities. I've just been pina coladas ever since we last spoke. Nothing but pina. I'm on the pina colada diet, Mike. Um, it, yeah. It's like they're, and I don't mean to make light of the trial, but Johnny Depp, uh, Amber Heard, there's MDMA Johnny and cocaine Johnny. You're pina colada Brian right now. That is. It's just you're hopped up on coconut rum and sugar that's right that's and God you, bless find out you. you don't actually need much else in your diet you know it, it does cover a lot of you get a lot of calories mike how are you i mean that's all to say i've been going through a mini depression but i'm back to watching basketball mike i'm back to to you know watching are you a little really bit I, i've been keeping my i watch the celtics bucks stuff a little bit watch I, watch the sixers but the, the sixers without the Embiid series is ugh. It sucks, dude. Like every every we all of the teams that we should be playing yes. right now. Are, anyways, let's not let's not do this to ourselves. No, I just so the Nets being championship contenders than being such big failures has altered my appreciation for the game of basketball. Like I was so much more comfortable as a fan when the Nets were like the upstart team that you knew had no real future, no championship aspirations, but they were fun. And then I could go enjoy the playoffs and have no emotional stakes, sort of like Celtics Bucks playing or Heat Sixers. You know, I I didn't care. I could just enjoy the basketball. Now, every little thing, I'm like, if this guy, if the Nets were good, they'd be playing, you know, a Bucks team that was injured or whatever. And of course, they're not good. And uh, they're sitting at home and Ben Simmons is back. So I guess we should start there, you know? Yeah. I mean, we talked about it a little bit in our, uh, I think it was two day long pre-production meeting this time we did. Um, and how like ultimately uninteresting the Ben Simmons injury revelation is. But for the one thing that you did highlight, uh, I think, well on Twitter, which is that the Nets PR machine if we'll call it that (laughs) let's call it a machine um 
did finally actually reveal the truth about someone's injury for like the first time and, and made that clear. And uh, that was new. That was new and different. Yeah. So, you know, and some people pointed out after after I pointed that out, they were like, well, they did this with Joe Harris. And then we didn't hear about Joe Harris for, you know, about eight months. Right. right? Well, that was and- after, after, the, after the first ankle surgery. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, I do think that this team, I think they must have realized that their PR strategy was a massive failure and it's damaging to their relationship to the fans. And I know that is so silly, right? Like it's a silly thing. It's such a glue guy's take to be like, their PR strategy was bad. And like to talk it, but it is, it was bad and fans are, have been turned off to be like, because ultimately what the PR strategy just means is that our expectations as fans are so out of whack. At one point, we believe Ben Simmons is going to return, you know, March, beginning of April. And then it keeps bleeding in, bleeding in. And we keep getting these leaked reports from Woj and Shams. But none of it's really coming from the team. Steve Nash is getting up there and saying the things that he's saying. Maybe kind of Steve Nash was being honest. In the fact that he didn't think Ben was ever going to play, essentially. But what they said with Ben Simmons, they directly said... Ben had this kind of surgery. It was on this day. It was performed by this person in this hospital. He will have an initial recovery period of three weeks and then will begin his rehab program. And here's what I think is interesting. And it's been um, sort of echo chambered via Woj and Shams. Uh, Ben is expected to make a full recovery prior to the start of next season's training camp. (laughs) I don't know what to say other than like, I will just absolutely not believe it until I see it. Like there is, I will not put it. And I've everyone come aboard the, the emotional distance train with me. Don't get invested in anything you hear or see about Ben Simmons until you see him on the court at the Nets training facility with other Nets players during a legitimate practice and not just him putting up shots and clips of it on social media. Like we can't, because we know what's going to happen, Brian. You know the the thing is going to be like, so Ben's out for these three weeks. Let's say there's another few weeks where he's rehabbing. And then like a week after the NBA finals, you know, that's that clout period where you know, there's the championship has been won. That team had their moment in the sun. And then people like LeBron and others will start being a little more aggressive on social media to fill the basketball vacuum, there will be an Instagram of Ben Simmons putting up turnaround jumpers on Instagram. I'm calling it now on May 6th, two months from now, there will be an Instagram from Ben Simmons shooting jumpers. We are not going to react to it. Okay. Make Mike, a promise. This, Mike, pro- make this promise to yourself. Okay. Go, <laughs> go write this, go write this on the back of your palm. Okay. Or the, back of your hand. The, it, like Harry Potter, when uh, Dolores Umbridge was, was when, when she would discipline students, they would have to write the thing that they did wrong and it would cut into their hand what they were writing. Yeah. This that is what's you. happening yeah. to me. This is a lot of projection um, here, but but good. Most I mean, people but, don't don't yeah, okay. know when we do this podcast. Mm. We do it over Zoom, we and do. most people look at the view of the other person. I just look at myself view, so I'm yeah. just talking to myself here. I read the anyway. cues. Hey, by the way, shout out to Zoom. Shout out to Zoom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to just hop right into emails? Make this just like an email fest, or what do you want to do, Mike? Yeah, because I got I got we got a couple of. Uh, bangers in in the uh oh do you not hear here. the oh yeah you don't hear this i don't hear I, it. I hit the john cena drop but you didn't hear it, it was my mistake because okay. i didn't have the mainframe set up are you ready i'm ready to rip open the netspot at gmail.com that's cheer boy andrew 
Magnata. Um, I, I just went right into it. I hope he didn't sign off with Don't Call Me This. But this is a... Andrew wrote a a, a novel, a short a novella to us, and I really appreciate it. We're not going to read the whole thing. Um, but starts out saying... Hello, Brandon. Mike. first time, long time. I really appreciate the podcast as I'm more in the 21-22 net season. Which, pause real quick, special episode next week. It involves this past season and mourning. It's going to be perhaps the greatest episode we ever had. Okay, so just people should prepare for that. He continues, I wanted to write you today about the Kyrie Irving contract situation. There's a problem with committing a quarter billion dollars to Kai that I haven't really seen or heard articulated. He continues, as much as we all love Kyrie's omni-generational, this is, this is good. This is a really top-tier email, and I wish I could read the whole thing, but I, I can't. As much as we all love Kyrie's omni-generational bucket-getting talent, and as endearing, as endearing as his New Jersey pride is to NJ fans like me, and as much as we can perhaps empathize with his activist ambitions, what I ask is an NBA player's giant paycheck for if not securing a commitment to the team. But commitment has never been Kyrie's thing, at least when it comes to his basketball teams. I think that's the gist of it. He does a long history of it and and definitely uh, expresses his case beautifully. So uh, I can't go through the whole thing, and I... um, uh, but it was great. So, Andrew, appreciate it. Mike, should we launch into this whole ass Kyrie contract situation? Because it's coming up on the horizon and it's a maybe that's like a four part series in and of itself. But uh, do you want to give it any time and attention right now? I mean, OK, so do we want to have the take? I mean, I will tell I will say this. I would say maybe around May of 2019. So this is before Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving signed with the team. We had passionate debates about whether the Nets should stay the course with D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, or should they sign Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? And then even at that time, we were like, maybe they can just sign, you know, Kevin Durant and not Kyrie. Obviously, that's not was never possible. Um, but we said at the time, Kyrie is completely unreliable, and you can never trust what you're going to get from him. I think that has been borne out, right? And we kind of almost were like, we should stick with D'Angelo Russell over Kyrie Irving. Uh, you know, but then we saw Kyrie play basketball. We're like, oh, bad take. Here's the thing. We could talk about whether you should get the contract or not. He's going to get it. Just from like a team building perspective, you have to, if you don't give Kyrie Irving that contract, you lose so much value. Unless if you do like the greatest sign and trade in the history of NBA, right? Like unless you flip him to, the Sacramento Kings, and you get De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, and five first-round picks, which isn't going to happen. That's not a, r- a reality. So they're going to give him the max contract. He's going to get it because, uh, as he said, he runs the team with Kevin Durant. He's going to be here. He's going to be completely unreliable. Uh, there won't be a vaccine mandate next season, most likely, but there will be something else that will divert his attention. And we all just have to learn to live with the seasonality of Kyrie Irving. He's he's like allergies. He only shows up a certain time of the year and when he does. He's very potent, but um then he then he hibernates and he goes away and waits for his next turn. Uh he's like tree pollen. I've been thinking about Kyrie a lot recently, oh. Mike. Uh, and especially I watched the um etceteras with 
uh, his, he was recently on there. I watched the first part of it. I don't know if part two is out yet. Um, on YouTube, shout out to the boardroom and that show and, and shout out to 35 ventures, yeah. um, but monolith I, of media. And in that, in the course of the conversation, which was, you know, good. And, and I recommend checking it out, but like, it's clear that there's like kind of one way that Kyrie will talk to the media, which is like, I want to talk about like, it's it's just Power everyone has martyr. It just has to be. He doesn't go into like anything uh, material, right? He doesn't do anything like substantive, and it's mostly about like him, his like workout regimen, like where you know what he does at the end of the. You know, it's just like sort of to say it's a softball is like you know under, undermines the quality of the show, and I don't want to do that. But like there, there is a certain kind <laughs> of it undermines the qualities of balls. It's not even it's not even <laughs> formed into a ball. But and that's sort of this is no shots at the show. I'm just saying like that's how it is. And that's and that's how you have to approach a conversation with Kyrie, unfortunately. And I, it got me to thinking like, you know, just about two humans, you know, I think Kyrie on some level can appreciate this. Like I'm, you know, 34, he's 30, I think. And we're got, grew up in the same area, you know, have a lot of shared interests. I, you know, I, I get into some meditation myself, you know, not crazy. You're also but a star athlete in I do, North Jersey. I do ink brush drawings occasionally of, you know, based on Edward Curtis portraits, you know, of, of some American Indians. You know, I've, I've, we, we, have, we would have a lot to talk about. And sometimes I wish like, is there a way to just begin to form like, hey, like, I don't want anything from you. Like, let's have a, a relationship beyond that because I feel like he just needs more real relationships in his life that aren't just this sort of like transactional thing where he has to be so guarded. Anyways, I just got, I'm just thinking about Kyrie. That's all to say. There's no point to that, but I'm just thinking a lot about him lately. Um, yeah, he, he really does need, like, I think Shams is this on this is some level, like the, the friendly sort of media source that he can go to. Like, we understand that, but like, he needs a little bit of, he needs a podcast like us. He does. It's going to hold him a little bit accountable. I don't but also, want we're to. here I, just to talk. I, you know, it's like, a, I don't. Yeah, I really don't care about holding to him. I want to talk about, I just like want to ask him real questions. What kind of like does he like? Uh, what at what point does he like banana? Is it like overripe, slightly underripe? I like a little underripe, you know, because that's where that's where the conversation. <laughs> we're talking about softballs. This would be a very bad situation. We would be softballing out of control. So I don't know. No shade to the et cetera, but because like, we would do the exact same thing. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think I agree with everything you said. It's going to happen. We have to resign him just due to the financial situation we're in. So sign us up. Get back on board. I mean, I'm here. I'm here for it, man. I'm Woo! here for it. Let's party. Um, next up, cheer boy. That's Alan Backman. Alan, this is from a few days ago. So we're going, going a little in the hopper here, a little deep. Is Alan Backman actually Ben Simmons? Um, ooh, wow, good one. Um, nicely done. I, know I read some quotes from Nash and others in your article after they lost. I got the sense that they think adding Simmons and Harris is going to make everything all right. They looked very far from all right. Do you agree? And I'm not just talking about mm. the Celtics series. Here's some, some bullet points. Turnovers. Nets turned over a lot. No real PG. And we get into trouble when KD tries to PG. Rebounding. Too small. Not just front court. KD really should be a wing like Tatum. Perimeter defense, again, too small. Shot selection, just rough. KD and Kyrie, Kyrie are great, but at heart, they're mid-range jump shooters. They don't get enough to the, uh, they don't get to the free throw line that much, and too many easy shots, lobs, fast breaks, uh, and too few easy shots. Sorry. Um, coaching just seems like Nash is staying because KD and Kyrie call the shots, and they largely want to keep doing what they're doing. Small ball and ISO heavy. Am I missing something? This team is super talented, but it's flawed in ways that just make it tough to overcome, even with KD and Kyrie. And worse, they don't even seem to care. Um, <clears throat> Mike, is this team, is 
is should we be saying instead of fire Steve Nash, fire Sean Marks for the composition of this team because it is a disaster. Just kidding, I'm being hyperbolic, obviously. But um, it, do we have a uh, outside of our star talent? Do we have problems in the composition of our team? A hundred percent. I mean, they are correctable, and I do agree. So what stinks is that like. It is 100% true to say if they had Ben Simmons and Joe Harris, the team would be totally different. Joe Harris is reliable. Ben Simmons is the most unreliable superstar in any sport at this point. Um, So to say that, like, if you had him, sure, like, the team would be better. I don't know. I think there's, like, a couple of key guys they need. And we're going to hit this so many times over this offseason. Like, who are the you know, minimum free agent guys that the Nets could target, who are the Jeff Greens from two years ago that they could bring onto this team. But they just need someone other than Kessler Edwards, who's a wing, who can play D, and is somewhat reliable from three. They don't even have to be like a 45% shooter. They don't have to be Joe Harris. Like they need, you know, like what Josh Richardson has been thought of at one point in his career. Robert Covington's a little bit of a bigger version of this, and Covington just got a contract with the Clippers. You know, even like a Nicholas Batum, who is not a shooter, but at least as a wing is a flexible defender and can do some other stuff. Their team, and we talked about, they had shorties and tallies. Mm. And some of their tallies were dinosaurs. So I think, you know, it's really hard to get cheap wings. There's a reason why they didn't have one, because it's hard to get like the bargain basement wing who's going to actually do good stuff for you this year. I weirdly got in the position where I was feeling jealous of the Grant Williams sort of PJ Tucker, not PJ Tucker, but that like archetype of player, the kind of like six, five, you know, built like a fire hydrant kind of guy, um, built like a thumb, you know, that's, that's what I want him to, to, to look like. Um, that kind of rotational player too. I feel like just like a super sort of defensive centric, um, somewhat three and D guy, uh, who's just kind of like a, a real pit bull is, is um, anyways, part, some things that we could add to this rotation, but yeah, I agree in general that like <clears throat> our composition um, was like fundamentally flawed. So um, lots to work through. And to that, you know, to that point, let's fire up for cheer boy. That's Aaron Fever. Aaron Fever, shout out to the Discord. By the way, the link to the Discord is in the YouTube description below if you're on YouTube. And if you're not, you can go there and smash that subscribe, yada, yada. Also, in the uh, link is in the Twitter bio. Twitter bio. Um, <clears throat> he says, Aaron Fever does, he says, Hey, fellas, just a quick thought at the end of a terrible season. We've long tatted the idea of in marks we trust, but after putting together a team that included two superstars that got swept, does he still deserve our trust? I honestly don't know if I agree with any trade he's made so far, except maybe getting rid of the goat Musa. <laughs> what say you? Um, you That's know, unfair. There's some That's interesting, unfair. Well, here, you know, and this goes back into what I was, I don't know if I said this on the show or if I was just talking to somebody about this, but like, I, I go back to thinking about like the position we were in when Katie and Kyrie made their declaration that they're going to sign. And it it occurs to me just how weird that must have been for our management, uh, just because like they it was reported widely that they did not take a single meeting before that happened. That announcement was made. They never had a call with KD. It was just Kyrie like teed up the you know the best player in the world uh, to come to this team, and they had been basically operating you know on the fringes of of uh, communication and society, you know, writ large. So, um, so they, we were in not a good fight. Like the amount of talent we had to like, you know, kind of 
leave on the table just it was really unfortunate. Like, you know, they said D'Lo, you know, signed and traded him for a second round pick. You know, not something not something you generally want to do when you have a guy who's still quite talented. Spencer didn't know what he couldn't pay. We traded Jared Allen mostly because we weren't going to be able to pay him, you know, and also we got Harden back, which again, I wouldn't change necessarily, but you know, it was a position we were in financially that wasn't ideal. So we got, you know, Sean Marks has had to kind of scramble to, uh, integrate these guys, you know, from a financial cap table perspective, as well as a managerial perspective. Um, so it's kind of, I think it's overlooked that that's like a weird position to be in, to have like no preconceived notion that you're going to land the two biggest, you know, free agents <laughs> and then just kind of like randomly do it. Um, I don't know if that's worth saying, but that was a thought that I had. Yeah. I still very much trust Sean Marks. I mean, I, I mean, I've said this a million times. My bigger problem was, is with Steve Nash and I can't believe that like, we're just moving. We're just like everything's full systems go with Steve Nash. That there's not even a rumor that he's going to be replaced. Um, I think it puts him in a really tough position this coming year. The fact that like if the team starts off slow, I think he would get fired. Like if if he doesn't uh, perform or if he's not exhibiting some growth as a coach, because ultimately, as difficult as it was, he didn't provide the team any uh, sort of coaching advantage. But regardless. Sean Marks is still making the right moves. The team looked gassed by the end. And you could pick apart, like you could say, so it seemed like they had a decision to make last offseason. They could have paid, paid Jeff Green what they're paying Patty Mills. And they made the bet that like Blake Griffin was going to look like what he looked like in the playoffs. I think they probably had some idea that maybe LaMarcus Aldridge was going to come back. They obviously liked Nick Claxton. You know, they started him to start the year. So they had the, kind of like all these like flexible bigs that d- did a bunch of things. So why not bring Patty Mills in to add that other shooter to really help out? Because Joe Harris is like the really the only dedicated shooter on the team. So they made that bet and it was a ended up being a bad bet. Like ultimately, I'd rather have had Jeff Green, particularly for this team, than Patty Mills. Um, Jeff Green's more valuable because of he can play the five, he can hit the three, he could do the thing that all the other bigs really couldn't do. Um, but it's like you know everything else. He he ultimately, I think the draft picks, all those guys like a Sharp maybe will be an actual player next year. Kessler Edwards I think is a pretty good find in the second round. Cam Thomas had his moments. Like there are things that Sean Marks continues to do very well, and. The, he's going to have some big decisions this offseason, particularly how to trade their first round pick for what? Like, what can they trade? Like, people keep talking about apparently the Nets can push off the first round pick they're getting from the Sixers till next year. They can decide to flip it to next year. They're going to use it this year, I would guess, so that they can trade it to get the wing piece that we discussed. So, um, he has a couple of key decisions. I do trust him much more than like people who've been here in the past. We'll just say that. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. 
Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Next up. Next up. Cheer boy. Cheer boy. That's Saru Kutri. I'm rolling ours. Maybe they maybe maybe that's inappropriate. Who knows? Um, but Saru's been in the email sphere for a while, so if that needs correcting. Uh, they know where to find me. So uh says, fellas, I wrote you a while back and told you Nash was a problem because he acted more like he was teaching a yoga class than coaching pro hoops with his cohesiveness, air quotes, air quotes, spirit air quotes, connectivity jargon for two years. It was maddening, but even he didn't deserve this. Point one, KD is the worst player empowerment GM in NBA history with his deal, all youth and flexibility for five plus years for Harden. So (laughs) with his deal, all, all youth and flexibility for five plus years with Harden, then act like there was nothing he could do to improve the situation with Harden. Uh, after he started flirting with Philly, we need to believe him when he says one, he's not worried about bad things going on with the team because his life is amazing because he makes 40 million a year to play basketball. And two, when he says a championship, isn't the end all be all. So there's more to this and I appreciate, it, but I kind of wanted to just zero in on this first part. I was thinking like if KD and Kyrie, they do like, they're starting to talk like, you know, as upper management. And I would love it to see if they could actually like do so, like go to those management conventions, you know, actually take those, (laughs) take those Coursera courses, you know, get some lanyards, you know, stack some lanyards um, and actually do some like, you know, management training because, you know, for better or worse, we're, we're tied to those guys. And if they believe themselves management, then I want to put them through their paces, you know, be, do some mid-level management. (laughs) I, 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 so the funny thing is you, Saro uh, attributes KD as being the worst player in power in GM, GM in NBA history, and then he he says Harden in that that moment. Harden is the worst, you know. Well, ultimately, well, he's not. So it's a different thing. Harden is a. He's saying that Harden is a target of K, of KD's. No, GM-ness. but what I'm saying is when Harden was with the Rockets, he was the worst oh, GM version of that. Yeah, yeah, because because he couldn't make Chris Paul work, so he was like, we should trade for Russell Westbrook. And no player empowerment move has been worse than saying Chris Paul's bad, Russell Westbrook good. I like the way that you're going about this. It was like, KD's not the worst. Harden's the worst. But KD might be second or third. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of this has a flawed history. And I think it's just because it's hard to be both a player and the guy picking the players. Like yeah, LeBron even. LeBron has made, obviously, this Lakers team, even if the LeBron's camp denies that they were behind, there's Magneto. Say hey. Say hi to Magneto. Hi, Magneto. Hi. hi. Um, that's for the YouTube crowd. Shout out YouTube. Smush that subscribe. Thousand plus strong. Um, but you know, like LeBron, like cla- like he got a bunch of clutch guys way overpaid, which completely hamstrung the team with the Cavs and now the Lakers with what they wanted to do. He pushed for the Westbrook trade, which has been completely disastrous. But also, we talk about player GMs. Regular GMs are also making horrible moves all the time. It's everyone. Anyone who tries to make a decision in basketball besides, you know, 
Sam Presti is bad. Mm. Right? Sam Presti can't make a bad decision because everything he does is about losing. Well, moreover, let's get, I mean, like, I think there's something interesting there, although ultimately, like, in the actual management portion of it, like, so, like, the, the deal making is one portion of it. The other is, like, okay, so you want to be, and this maybe goes to more, like, team leadership than specifically general management. Um, but, like, when Harden, when that relationship began to curdle, like, K- KD, like, just didn't, he, like, he didn't, um, he didn't, didn't seem to try to be a peace break. He went broker. super Switzerland. He was very neutral on that whole situation. And um and if anything, neutrality sort of like meant I'm in Kyrie's corner. If there if this is the if that's what we have no idea ultimately, but like there's been some It's like China reason. and Russia. It's like China's not really coming out against Russia, mm. but by not doing that, you're yeah, kind of you're, ma- you're making a point. So uh, I think everyone understands that, like, ultimately, the 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 blood oath, the the brother pact was made between Katie and Kyrie, and not Harden. And so that'll the religion of Bucky getting it is the religion of Bucky getting. Which you know, for better, you know, Harden should have been in there, but he's just not. He's not a, a zealot like that. No, he's a, he's a religion of of no. eating of. He's a hedonist. He's a pagan. He's a he. Yeah. Just a. He's a Brian Eakin, right? That's what he does. I, that's why I like him so much. Still to this day, I can't. I can't. I can't why can't I shake him? Um, can't quit you. Next up, cheer boy. That's Matt Parker. Matt Parker, a staple of the Discord community and a staple of my heart. Um, at Matt Parker, Mad Parker, M A D. P A R K K E R on Twitter. I'm um, just giving him a shout out. It's good, good guy to, to be in touch with. Um, he says, so this is the hottest take ever. We should be sure. rooting for Philly to win the title. He says, hear <gasps> no. me out. Hear me out. This is a spicy take, but uh, you know, hear me out. Uh, we all hate them and want them to lose. But if our ultimate goal is to win a title, the best chance we have is to have KD broken by pettiness and do whatever it takes to win. You said he and Kyrie are in the early retirement phases of their careers. What would fuel KD more than seeing James Harden, who bet that KD wasn't enough and he'd rather take his chances with Embiid, be proven right? Maybe that would finally be enough to convince him to do the basic things like limit his regular season minutes, hold Kyrie accountable, deal with a coach that makes him and the rest of the team actually run a modern NBA system. Mm. If If we get swept and then have to watch Harden showered with champagne you'll feel the rage and pettiness coming off kd through the K- the tv screen if he's got any heart left there should be nothing he won't do to drag this team to a title mike oh one fantastic i mean this is a master class in mm-hmm. psychological warfare in the nba mm-hmm. this is a, a dissertation and matt parker who understands dissertations i approve it i just want to tell the audience this was sent 11 days ago so obviously there's things that have happened in that Heat Sixers series that seem to indicate that I think that I don't think the Sixers are gonna win, even well, though Embiid's not playing. Joel Embiid he, he may play. He can't get past a concussion protocol. He's concussed. He's well, no, he Embiid is now out of concussion protocol. They have still declared him out for the game, but Shams is reporting that like, hey, he, Embiid's still trying, even though he's been called out of the game, he's which pretty, I think the team would get fined. He's pretty banged up. Either way, that's all to say. Pretty, pretty banged, banged up. up. So, anyways. Okay, interesting question off of this Matt Parker question. Okay, of the four teams in the East, Boston, Miami, Bucks, Sixers, rank them from who you'd be okay with the most winning the title to least be okay with. So I, I would be like, so me and Matt Parker share a lot of the same kind of thinking about this stuff. And 
I, I, I believe we may have workshopped this, you know, together at some point, just by virtue of I'm stealing his take. I think I'm going to steal his take. I think I'm just going to steal it. Um, I, I find myself and I, this is like sicko behavior and I, I know I'm, I'm just, I'm screwed up. I'm, I'm, I've been, uh, disgruntled. And so like, I find myself, the words can't even come out of my mouth. Mike, I find myself rooting for the Sixers in this, in the heat series. And I can't imagine not rooting for them in a Bucks slash Celtics series. So it's, it's great. And again, like I don't have to root for anybody. You could just be true. I guess you just find yourself rooting for one versus the other, just a natural, you know, our tribal primal instinct instincts at play. And I won't deny it. I just do find myself in that position. And it's partly because again, like I was, I was pretty clear about this over the course of the season. I took Harden's side in the Kyrie uh, standoff, whatever the, you know, whatever we're going to call it, the, the, game of chicken they were playing um and for that reason you know i know he's been playing badly and i know that that's like a bad contract to be in and they may have saved us some headache uh in the next couple of years but for my money i would have taken two years of a championship run with three years of like truly busted broken down harden it would have made it worth it to me but that's just me and i am i too am driven by pettiness in this case i feel it i feel it deeply i i appreciate that viewpoint i think the team I least want to see win is the Bucks, just because if they won two in a row, that would feel very overwhelming. And there'd be so much momentum around that team that it'd be tough for the Nets to kind of come together and try to challenge that squad for a championship. That would be very reminiscent of like Akeem, you know, and the, the Rockets winning there too, and then maybe not being as impactful later on. Um so they are at the bottom of like, I don't want to see them win a championship. I think I would do Celtics next because they have the most future potential out of the teams. Um, Heat would be second. The And I'm not concerned about the Heat's future because they're aging and all that stuff. But I couldn't stand it if Jimmy Butler became an NBA champion. Like it would be the uh, sort of self-accolade tour on that run. And the amount of heat culture books that would be developed mm. post that championship would be uh, nauseating. And I'm, I, again, I can't believe I'm saying this. I didn't think about this until I got to this point in our conversation. I agree with you that the Sixers are the team I'm rooting for because this also, too, we haven't mentioned this. Harden has sucked so far, which I've enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Doc Rivers will be fired if they really just. They, they get, if they get blown out of the series, he's probably going to get fired. It's He's been very like tense and antagonistic towards the media, though I'm sure the media has been antagonistic towards him. But can you imagine, what would, what would happen to James Harden's waistline oh if gosh. he won a championship? Oh how gosh. how chubby is James Harden coming in? You, you know what? To, I, you I actually, would, that's a great point because like yes. we consider like, oh yeah, he'll win like multiple championships. After he's winning one, no. he's done. <laughs> He's, he's he's like done. I did it. Yeah. Congrats to me. Yeah, I engineered true. this championship. And like Embiid's not going to get any scarier. Like to me, Giannis. Every he's the Dragon Ball Z meme. You know, he's up to level three thousand. Like he is. It's every nine, Mike. It's nine thousand. Eh, nine thousand. I can't believe he, you got the number wrong. Seven thousand. <laughs> no. He, um. He's gonna. He keeps going up. Like Giannis is. Because he has that room to grow still, as great as he is. Like the yeah. confidence is massive with him. Like Embiid's peak, Embiid. Sure. His health is the only thing that ever stops him. Harden, if you want a championship, it would just all go away. It's yeah, like that's it. Um, 
I'm trying to think like what actor won an Oscar and then just fell off the face of the earth and was like, I'm not even trying anymore. Like, I wouldn't even know who it is. I was going to say Adrian Brody. Brando? I, I think of Brando just like super <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like 90s to uh, like early 2000s Brando. Just you know, Isle of Dr. Monroe, Moreau. <laughs> Brando is <laughs> just like complete, complete debacle. Yeah, who's just like completely given up on the art and just is like, I won my Oscar. I mean, it would probably have been Will Smith after Will won his Oscar. He probably would have just been like, okay, I don't have to do that, those movies anymore and go back to being Will Smith, but obviously his career. I don't know if you watch the Oscars. It's going to be a little bit different. It is going to be different. Post Oscars. I think Brando's it. That's a great, I mean, not. That, I mean, hey. Mo, he just won. never cared about the Oscars though. Oh, I don't care specifically about the Oscars. Like Brando had a great career, like, and then it was just like, yeah, you know, I did it. I did the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I did the. Th- yeah. That's a really good point. Gene Hackman, maybe. Um, also, no, Gene Hackman's still still grinding. <laughs> Is he? He's still <laughs> out there. Time. Yeah. So I think I think if it would be the best thing for the Nets, as painful it would be if hard to win a championship for the comedy factor of like what he is going to look like uh, post a championship celebration. The, the the strip club boosting the economy will be just insane. We will have the cool TMZ story of like, can't believe James Harden's bill at the Ace Club or something, you know, and it's like right. it's like $200 million. And also going into the season, he would just be a complete slug. Mm. Um, he'd yeah, be going forward. We're Baron at a playoffs Harkin already this year, and then next year it makes them potentially quite like you know unmotivated. It makes them worse potentially. Um, do you want to do one more quick one? No, nah, we got to hard out, Mike. We got to get okay. you out of here. Hard out. Well, I appreciate. It. We're going to do so many more next week. We have a super special episode with a lot of our favorites are going to contribute to that episode. Mm. Um, I suggest everyone go buy some Irish whiskey while Ooh. you can. Well, you uh, can because we're we're gonna clear house. We're gonna, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna knock it back. And uh, thank you. I mean, uh, you know, we're gonna begin to start looking forward in this season. But we before we do, we gotta we gotta bury our dead. Gotta and bury we'll the boy. Gotta episode. bury the boy. Michael, thank you so much for having me. Uh, iTunes reviews. We've got had a couple new ones lately. We should have read them, but we didn't. But we so enjoy them, and we do read them privately. Um, on our, in our alone time. Um, and then at, you know, at BK glue guys on Twitter, discord, you know, that's discord.gg slash glue guys, uh, the athletic get behind that paywall, New York times. Hey, pick up a hard copy of the New York times on your way to the bank today. <laughs> you, you will find an actual verbatim printout of yeah. the glue guys. <laughs> Every episode we do will be in the, that should be our goal. Like I don't. That should be our goal. Trend. We would have to get Vladimir Putin and Zelensky like on our episode, yeah, together. And I kind of think the Nets podcast is the perfect. Place. The way in is like Prokhorov. We can figure it out. We'll get a way in. Irina, um, yeah, friend of the Ooh. show, Irina Pavlov. Get us, <laughs> Pretty sure she could help. Um. Anyways, bye everybody. Thanks, Mike. Say goodbye. Bye.